This is Cliff Mass, and welcome to my weather podcast. Each week, I talk about current weather, provide a forecast for the weekend and beyond, and give you more details about an interesting weather phenomenon. Well, it's time for the forecast, and I'm going to look all the way to Thursday. By the way, this week has been snowland. Uh, we've had several feet of snow in the mountains. I looked at the snow tell analysis of snow water equivalent, how much water there is in the snowpack. And a lot of places, the Olympics, the Cascades, have 200, 300, even 400% of normal snowpack for this time of the year. Um, in many of the passes, we have 25 inches, 26 inches of snow. So actually, it's really good. This is the best early start we've had since 2017. A really decent snowpack. So good that this weekend, Crystal Mountain's going to be open, and so will Baker. And even some of the lower passes, like Stevens, I think should be close to opening. And looking forward for the, the rest of the week, there's going to be more snow, another few feet by the time we get to Thanksgiving. So I'm extremely optimistic about skiing uh, this the late in the late autumn here. I, th- I think we'll have enough snow. There's more snow on the way. It really looks good. Now getting to the forecast, well, today we have some showers to the north. Temperatures getting into the upper 40s, you know, partly cloudy skies. So it's not a bad day, but it's, it, it's certainly not a warm day, but it's not a really stormy day. Now, Saturday is going to be the best day of the, of the weekend by far. Temperatures getting up to near 50. Um, there'll be plenty of sun. It'll really be a good day to rake those leaves or do something else you'd like. Unfortunately, it won't continue into Sunday. We have a series of weather systems coming in. First shows up on Sunday dur- during the afternoon. There'll be clouds. There'll be some rain. The wind is going to pick up. Temperatures getting in the upper 40s. So typical November stormy period. And I should remind all of you that this period of the year is the stormiest time of the entire year. I mean, there's no, there's no period even close to it. The last two weeks of November are the stormiest of, of the whole year. Okay. Now, unfortunately, Monday and Tuesday, <clears throat> excuse me, we have a series of weather systems coming in pretty much every day. Another front's going to come in, rain, the wind will pick up, etc. No big windstorms like last week, but there'll definitely be some weather. Now, let me tell you about the encouraging thing. It appears, the models are suggesting right now, that a ridge of high pressure will build in on Thursday, and that Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, could be pretty decent. Dry, it's not going to be hot, you know, upper 40s to around 50, but partly cloudy skies, uh, not too much wind. So I'm very encouraged for uh, Thanksgiving. Now, this is really important because of the COVID-19 crisis, whatever you want to call it. A number of people are planning to have their Thanksgivings in garages and carports outside. So obviously, it'd be kind of unpleasant if rain was and wind was blowing in. I don't think that's going to be a problem. And it also looks good for a nice walk on Thanksgiving, which is always a wonderful thing to do in the morning. So that's the forecast. You know, we're going to have Saturday will be good. Showers on Sunday through Tuesday, Wednesday. But it looks like Thursday is going to be decent. I hope everybody has a really good Thanksgiving. 
Weather doesn't end with the forecast. Now let's talk about the special weather topic of the week. Today I'd like to talk about the big windstorms of the Pacific Northwest, the intense cyclones that we sometimes get with the biggest ones, the strongest ones, being equivalent to Category 1 or 2 hurricanes. Well, let's go back in time. If we go back to when the first European settlers showed up here and they started taking their ships around the Olympic Peninsula, they noted something. And that is, it seemed like a lot of the trees had fallen down and they had all fallen in the same direction. There was something weird about this region. Something was knocking down the gigantic trees. And that, of course, were the strong windstorms that came, that came in here. By the way, the Native Americans, they knew about the big storms that, that hit the Northwest. And they had some very in, interesting uh, legends or, or stories about them. Uh, for instance, there's the, the story of the great Thunderbird. And it's, there's an artwork that is actually the, the theme of my, my department is the Thunderbird. And the Thunderbird was a gigantic bird, huge bird, that lived high in the Olympics. And as the story goes, when this big bird went out to hunt its prey, which was the killer whale, would leave these caves in the Olympics, the flapping of its huge wings would result in the windstorms that we experienced. Well, you know, the early settlers rapidly found out there was something going on here. And we're talking about, let's say, the, the, uh, the, the, the Denny group in the, the early days of, uh, of, uh, of the settlement here in, C- in Seattle. In the pioneer days on Puget Sound, uh, Arthur Denny, you know, like Denny Way, he talked about gigantic windstorms and a strong gale that overturned timber, light structures, sheds and outbuildings. He talked about it. But when they really got to know something was going on around here was on January 9th, 1880, a a much stronger storm, a really intense storm that I believe was equivalent to a Category 2 hurricane, uh, struck struck Oregon. And winds were up as high as 60 to 70 miles per hour in Portland. You know, structures were taken down, telegraph lines were down, people were killed, rail service was, was ended. And... To give you an idea, some of the strongest gusts on the coast got to 138 miles per hour. Really, really amazing. So it, they experienced really strong winds. By the way, it took off the top of the state capitol in Oregon as well. Now, there were other storms, but the next really memorable storm happened in January 29th, uh, 1921. This is called the Great Olympic Blowdown Storm. And this produced hurricane force winds on the Oregon and, and, and Washington coasts. Uh, I mean, it, it, was, it was extraordinary. Um, the winds were so strong on the Olympic coast that about 40% of the timber was, fe- uh, was fell um, for this, a central, on the central Olympic coast. It, it really was, was, was amazing. Um, at locations like the Lighthouse, at North Head, just north of the Columbia River, there were sustained winds of 113 miles per hour with an estimated gust of 150. I mean, that's a serious storm. 
Well, there were other storms uh, of note. Uh, another powerful windstorm came in in 1934, October 21st, 1934. Uh, winds gusted to 60, 70 miles per hour at least. Uh, you hit five Seattle fishermen drowned when their boat, the Agnes, uh, uh, floundered in heavy seas near Port Townsend. Uh, a, a ocean liner, the President Madison, became unmoored and smashed into the dock. And there was a smokestack on the the central heating plant of the Church of the Immaculate Conception, Seattle. That toppled and crashed through the dome of the sanctuary. So that was pretty serious. But, you know, the next storm I want to talk about is the storm that is one that has never been equaled in the last hundred years. And that's in 1962, the Columbus Day storm, October 12, 1962. By any means, by any measures, this was the greatest storm to, to hit the Northwest in at least 150 years. I mean, this was an amazing event. And, you know, this storm went right up the coast from Northern California. Then it went paralleled Oregon coast and Washington coast and went right into, into British Columbia. I mean, a number of places on the coast had winds of 125, 130 miles per hour. At, at Cape Blanco, which is down on the coast, they had sustained winds of 150 to gust to 179 before, <laughs> before the anemometer blew away. There was a 131-mile-per-hour gust at the Oregon's Mount Hebo Air Force Station. They had a radar, they had a radar there, and then, and then the cell radar site was another one where they had winds gusting to 160 miles per hour. I mean, this was an amazing storm. And the pressure, the central pressure of that storm dropped to 955 hectopascals. That's a unit. And by the way, to give you an idea about the pressure, I mean, that's the that's like a record low pressure on the coast. We had a very intense storm this week. And that didn't get close to us. It was by the tip of Vancouver Island. That got down to about 963, and that was an extraordinary storm. So the Columbus Day storm is the greatest storm of all. If that storm hit today, we'd have damage of, I mean, it would be in the tens of billions of dollars, you know, easily. I mean, the winds gusted to 100-something miles per hour in Portland and Seattle. I mean, it was just the damage would be catastrophic if it happened today. Well, then we get to an interesting storm, one that you know, may be in the memory of some of you, and that's the February 13th, 1979 storm, which is known as the Hood Canal Storm. Now, this was kind of a weird one. Um, we had a sort of a garden variety storm that was approaching the coast, but there was an interaction of the winds with the Olympics, and a, and a little lead low, a low-pressure area formed to the north east of the Olympics, not far from Port Townsend, very, very tiny low. You know, this is like if you have a rock in, 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 a, in a river, you get this eddy that's in the, in the lee downstream. That's what we had. And so what happened was the winds coming off the coast were strong enough, but then the winds accelerated further as it approached that, approached that little lee low. And the winds got to at least 100 miles per hour. And those winds acting on the water destroyed the Hood Canal Bridge on, on that date, February 13, 79. So that was that was a pretty pretty amazing thing. It took $100 million to replace, the, replace it. So that was a memorable storm. 
1981, November 13th, 1481, there was a series of storms that came through. And those storms had, had winds that were gusting up to you know, 90 to 100 miles per hour. Caused a lot of damage around Seattle. That's, that, that was a pretty well-known storm. But a storm that I remember personally happened in 1993, January 20th, 1993, the Inauguration Day storm. And this was the greatest storm since the Columbus Day storm. And it happened you know, on the day that President Clinton became president. And it, it moved in across the Oregon coast and then up on the Olympic Peninsula. And we had winds like 86 miles per hour at Cape Blanco, uh, 84 at Arch Cape. I mean, it was pretty pretty good. 69 miles per hour in Seattle. I mean, that's unusual. There were about 870,000 people lost power. There were homes that were destroyed. A lot of, a lot of buildings had serious damage. I mean, this was quite a storm. And, the, and the, the central pressure of it got down to somewhere around 970 hectopascals. So that's pretty, that's, that's pretty, pretty respectable. But this was an extraordinarily strong storm. But it was also something special. It was the first one that was predicted well. Before that, we never got these storms right. That was the first storm we really nailed really well um, in terms of getting the prediction ahead of time. 1995 had another powerful storm. And this one was very memorable because the pressure got down to 970 millibars or hectopascals, pretty low pressure, and winds were gusting to 80, 90 miles per hour around the region. So, you know, those, those are a few storms that you know, maybe you remember or don't. But one storm that's more recent that I think a lot of people remember is the Hanukkah Eve storm, December 14th, 15th of 2006. I can remember that one vividly. It cost probably a billion dollars in damage. The storm came in off the ocean, crossed the Olympic Peninsula, and winds get uh, gusted to 75 to 85 miles per hour around the interior. On the coast, some places got as much as 110, 100 and 115 miles per hour. Very well forecast storm. And I can remember after it passed, I went to Mercer Island to take pictures. And you'll find a picture in my, in my weather book. You can just see the power lines all over, just, just on the floor. Very, very, very well forecast storm. Uh, but it was it was a storm that not only had wind, but had some heavy rains right before it. And that was memorable too. Unfortunately, some some a woman died in her basement uh, on Matt, on uh, in Seattle when there was heavy rain and it she was trapped down there. There was down in Madison Park. Um, two thousand seven was a really another major storm. Um, this is December 2nd and 3rd. This storm was unusual. It was offshore and stayed there. There was high pressure inland that was unusual. Between them, there was a huge pressure gradient. And winds got to 125, 130 miles per hour on the coast. And it stayed like that for like 18, 20 hours. I mean, trees along the coast were just snapped off. Really major storm. It also had some heavy rain associated with it. And, you know, that's of particular interest to me because that storm was the one that gave us the coastal radar. We couldn't see what was going on, and it finally convinced people to, to get that, that radar on the coast. So we get some major storms. The most powerful are equivalent to hurricanes, category two or three. But one thing I should mention to you is the energy source of our storms are different than tropical storms. Tropical storms get their energy from the warmth and water vapor 
coming off the tropical oceans. And the water condenses in those storms, releases heat that helps drive these things. Our storms have a different energy source. Ours get their energy from the difference in temperature, north and south. You know, you know warmer to the south, cold to the north. That difference in temperature can actually s serve as a source of energy that drives the storms. Anyway, this is a fascinating topic. I've done a lot of research on it, and I'll talk more about it in the future. Uh, we had you know, a pretty decent storm this week that went up uh, the coast. Didn't get close enough to give us the strong winds, but the winter's not over, and I suspect we'll see some other storms this year. Take care. Thank you for listening to my podcast. Feel free to send me your questions or any topics you would like me to cover. This podcast will be available every Friday morning on my blog and major podcast platforms. If you would like to support this podcast, feel free to use the Patreon link on my blog. See you next time.